Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. foodie fans what's going on what's happening how are you is your host your chef de cinema cuisine kyle reinfried yes my voice has gone down a little bit is it more smooth and sultry or does it just sound like i have a cold i think it's spring allergies i'm an asthmatic and i'm just all congested but i'm doing all right yeah listen to that is this my new podcasting voice i don't know i don't think it'll always stay this way but I'm just, uh, any any recommendations besides, you know, you got your teas, you got your soups. Any, uh, you guys got any tricks to losing a cold, getting decongested in the in the food and drink realm? Maybe a nice hottie toddy with some, you know, whiskey bourbon? Uh, let me know. I would appreciate that. But this is a fun episode. This is with William F. Spencer. He is the host of Bavuster Podcast. He also is like a, like a social media manager for different food and beverage companies. He's just uh, he's just a cool guy, and you'll hear how we met, and you'll get to hear all about him. And uh, well, a pretty classic indie film by Jim Jarmusch, and, uh, and just a lot more. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I enjoyed talking with Will. I always enjoy talking with Will, and so here we go. Will, thanks so much for coming on by. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, so let's 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 get into it. Let, we met because of my roommate Tommy. That's right. Yeah. He, you, you were at uh, Mod Cup. Mod Cup in the Heights, yeah. In the Heights in Jersey City, where we both live. Yep. And uh, my 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 roommate Tommy, my buddy Tommy, he's someone he he goes anywhere and he meets new people. Yeah. And just starts up conversations. And he's like, yeah. And he comes back. And I don't know what I was doing, but I was I was here, and he came back, and he's just like, "Hey, I just met this guy, Will, and yeah. you guys are a lot alike." And yeah. <laughs> it's funny we are. Yeah. And we uh, and he yeah he gave me your number, and I you know maybe you told him your Instagram or something like yeah. that too. I think he sent me an email. Yeah, yeah, email, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then we and we ended up meeting for coffee, and then yeah. we've gone to a diner together, yep. and we just we've, done that. we've been talking, and mm-hmm. uh, so why don't you tell the foodie fans out there, like, who you are, and just, like, when you, when food became more than just, you know, eating, and just, like, you know, yeah. became, you know, the bigger thing in your life. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting me on your podcast. Uh, my name is Will, and I was a former uh, corporate chef for many years, yeah. and I fed uh, at a helicopter plant in Connecticut, so food really entered my life pretty early. 
Um, but I got tired of cooking and I left and I went to various jobs along the way. But uh, food really has been uh, instilled into me. Uh, it wasn't until I came to move from uh, Connecticut to New Jersey, where I live with my wife, yeah. that I really started to get into like photography. Okay. I was always a videographer. Like I did, we did rock bands. Similarity and, number one. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I was start doing checks along the way. <laughs> Sorry. Check number one. So um, uh, we did. Uh, I had a small um, group of band of friends. We had met through meetup in Connecticut, and we did. Um, music videos. So cool. I basically, we all sat around a table, and there's uh, shooters from uh, uh, News, My Nine, with Craig uh, Shepard. Good shout out for him. Yeah. He taught me how to be a news shooter and capture things in a journalistic way. Cool. And uh, then I have another friend, Dave Distinti, who's a director of ABC Television. He does the nightly news program. I just remember when it was Peter Jennings. That's all. <laughs> right? But um, he uh, he directs all that, and I've been actually in the control room. Yeah. So I've seen that. It's pretty amazing stuff. So we all sat around a table one day and said, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd like to take what MTV did and smash it together with the local music scene. And they're like, let's just do it. So we had so many equipment. We had awesome. so many young people. Yeah. So we just went out and did it. We, did, we shot 86 bands. And wow. at the local scene in New England, yeah. it, at the time, it was all screamo metal. Like, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> like, no one understood the words, rah, 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 whatever. So, but we had a good time. I learned a lot. Yeah. It's great when you get to meet fellow creative minds and everyone's just like, for the most part, on the same page, and you just go and you start creating. Yeah. In, in Connecticut, I had like a core group of friends if we wanted to do something. And when I came here, I tried to find it. And I've been in the Heights now almost going on 10 years. Wow. Uh, and it wasn't until recently until I met you mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the chef that I've been talking to, Chef Rudy. Uh, we're about doing some collaborative, creative work together. Yeah. So I haven't found anyone that's been like similar to that until recently. So I'm happy to meet you guys and, and do some creative shit. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah and like I mean, like I said, then we met up at Mod Cup and yeah. we talked for over an hour and yeah. we we're just sharing kind of like what where, where what we've done what we want to do yeah. and one of your big things is your diner documentary so yeah. let's talk about that for a little bit whatever you'd like to share yeah i have been a diner fan since i was 10 awesome my uh, my nana took me to a diner in Stanford, Connecticut, okay. and uh, I I used to think it was Curly's Diner, which is an old, real old diner. Yeah. But it's a Colonnade Grill. I was just corrected by my uncle Bob. Okay. But <laughs> uncle Bob. I know. <laughs> so, uh, but um, that was where I first met people, and I just remember the commotion about the diner. But it was, yeah. everyone was so friendly. And everybody makes a big, like, when you're young, everyone makes a big deal over you. And that's really what set the hook for me. Sure, yeah. So, but it wasn't until uh, I, my, my family moved to South Florida, and then at some point I came back. And it wasn't until I came back to uh, Connecticut that the diner bug bit me again. Okay. So, and that's why I would go to local diners and talk to, like, everyone at the counter and yeah. met all the owners. And if you really want to get to know a community, go to the counter at any diner. We call it counterintelligence. That's, <laughs> I wish I made the word up. But um, at That's the good. Plaza Diner in Shelton, Connecticut, you'd go and sit at the counter. The farther you got away from the cash register, yeah. there's only like eight stools. I'm writing that down. Yeah. That's a great saying. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I love it. So <laughs> and the farther you get away from the cash register, the wilder the conversation got. Yeah. So at the end of the counter, that guy goes, yeah, because we were talking about politics as usual. And he was like, this is like counterintelligence. And then he would do the quote air quotes. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so ever since then, I would tell my best friend, we do counterintelligence. So we'd all hang out and talk. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what set the hook. And um, 
when I came here to New Jersey, yeah. it's the diner capital of the world. It is. I'm glad you said that. Like, yeah. That's something that I hold dear as a, you know, born, raised, educated, living, probably dying in New Jersey. Yeah, you're a New Jerseyan, right? I'm a New Jerseyan, yeah. yeah. North New Jersey, which is even, I feel like, is even more the stronghold it, of diner culture. Yeah. And, you know. The the only my biggest beef about New Jersey is there's the, the only argument is the Taylor ham versus pork roll. Sure. And I get tired of hearing about it. <laughs> As if from someone from Connecticut, we don't have that. Okay. So, but it's like, oh my god, can is, you just call it pork? Can you? I mean, come well, on, that was Taylor whole, pork. I won't go into the full thing. So I'm you know a Taylor yeah. ham enthusiast, being from North Jersey, mm-hmm. and the whole history behind that is the inventor. His last name is Taylor. That's right. And so I'm someone that I'm like, well, we're you know, and then Taylor is the most popular brand. But there's a lot of things out there that you call something by the most popular brand from you know, oh yeah, cola and totally. uh, Kleenex and yeah, yeah. the Xerox machine. Exactly. Let's I'll, Google it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So between honoring the man's memory and then yeah. just being the most popular brand, yeah, I like to, and I think it just sounds nicer than pork roll. Uh, I agree, but the, it's the argument that it, it's like. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, yeah. It goes on and on. It goes on and on. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's the Hatfields and the McCoys of Jersey. It's uh, <laughs> totally true, right? Is there anything in Connecticut? It, that has, or Ooh. I mean, that's part of the New England area, so or even New England that yeah. there is like, uh, you know. Yeah, the beef. only controversy we have is in sports. Yeah. So at some point, there's a Mason-Dixon line. So either you're a New York team, Jets, uh, Giants, Yankees, Mets, or your Boston and the Patriots. And I hate sure. the Patriots. So. So do I. <laughs> check. <laughs> there no it is. Check. check. <laughs> All right, who's your baseball team? Yankees. All right, I'm a Mets fan, but it's still... I got nothing against the Mets. Mets fans have things against Yankees. I don't have anything against the Mets. Yeah, I got you. I got my, you. One of my best friends, he's a diehard Mets fan. Yeah. And, uh, and also, and City Field has way better food than, uh, yeah. than Yankee Stadium. So. I think that was done by uh, design, too, because they Definitely. brought in better inventors. I think they had the craft beer scene there first. Well, yeah, they got a brewery in there. Someone we've both had on our podcast, Pat LaFrieda. Pat LaFrieda, that's right. Huge. Huge Met fan, Jet huge, fan, yeah, yeah. and uh, but like huge component of making that food scene at yeah. City Field stand out amongst the rest. So, yeah, uh, yeah. We have to go to Penzi and do a podcast there Ooh. because he's got his uh, Pat Lafrida like kiosk. Yeah. So, have you ever been to Penzi? No, I haven't. Oh, it's. It's the best experience in the world. It's a food hall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right out next to Penn Station, and they have kiosk, and he has one of them. It's the only place I know that he has a restaurant. I think in City Field he may have something now. Yeah. But yeah, you can get his food there. You can get yeah, beer. Yeah, it was his first like. Well, they, they they always call it the brick and mortar. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's, so it's, it's amazing. I I I'll buy Petler Frida all the time. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. There was even somewhere. Oh, there's a place in Hoboken. Have you ever been to it? Uh, Moran's Pub. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think they have the best burger around. And then I was just there the other day, um, and I know I hadn't noticed it. Maybe just because Pat's name is much more. I don't know. Just brought to my attention now yeah. in, in my life and everything. But I think I still would have, you know, before I met him and mm-hmm. had him on the podcast, I still knew who he was and yeah. his product. But I think menus are taking much more attention to Ed, including his name. Yeah. Because that's a standout in the industry. It's a name brand. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. I wish diners would uh, adopt a higher product of meat. I know yeah. they work on slow, lower margins, being a former food guy and 
behind in the back of the house. I understand the the food costs, but you could bring so much more on yeah. uh, a name brand. What do you think? Because so the diner we went to uh, the other day, a VIP, VIP diner. yeah, it's going to be closing. Yeah, totally. So what what do you think is you know in diner culture? There still are plenty of diners around mm-hmm. here, but you see them closing. But then I mean, I mean, what, has there been like a new diner to open up like recently? I just did a podcast with Michael Ga- uh, Gabriel. No, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. He is the diner guy. He actually wrote a book. Okay. About diner. He's, wow. And uh, he, he's really into diner culture. Yeah. There's, so on the shore down in southern Jersey, this young Greek couple wanted to open a diner. They've always been in the culture, and they've opened a new one a couple of years ago. So there are some diners opening yeah. new. What do you think is – so, I mean, you know, like you said, you would like to see things like you know, diners having like Pat LaFrida. You know, like what do you think is the next step for diner culture? And also because – like you said, those people are Greek. That was a very, you know, it mm-hmm. is still a big component of the diner culture. A lot of Greek families came in yeah. and opened them up or took them over. What do you, ha- have you seen or do you, like, any transition as far as uh, other cultures coming in, t- you know, taking over? Yeah, Michael was telling me that there are several uh, different um, ethnic groups coming in, and some are Asian. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he said uh, he said Chinese. I know of some Koreans. Um, the guy that I'm building his website for Restaurant Graphics, Tom Stravakis, he told me that in Pennsylvania, yeah, he created a diner menu for some guys from Ireland. He's like they're real Irish, like wow. they have the accent yeah. still. <laughs> um, uh, Michael also said there's down in the Pine Barrens there's a, um, an Indian guy and he was worked as an Indian corporate chef and now okay. he took over a diner and now he's got diner fare and Indian cuisine he's like the little Tiffins yeah so that's like I'm definitely going to go down there and talk to him about my uh, documentary sure so what do you what What would be is, is there like an overall goal for the documentary as far as like what story you want to tell and like what you want people to learn from it i honestly the there's i want to get it to an amazon model or a netflix but ultimately i'd like to tell a good story Mm -hmm. um something that you can appreciate and i think we can all appreciate uh an immigrant story yeah and the evolution of the diner and i'm trying to figure out what for me the the real story is old greeks passing away having no heir apparent so who do they do they do they give it to someone? Yeah. Do they sell it? What's the story? How are they hand it off? How because that's part of that's to become an immigrant and to open a uh, a restaurant or any kind of like business, you become an American. Yeah. That, that to me that's like the transformation. Well, because you're becoming then such a big part of the community. Like yeah. Food food in the end of the day is what connects us all. That's true. It's food, and then to me like music, and then sure. and then film. But like food in the end, like you don't need to know the language. Nope. You nope. just need to, you just, you understand it a little bit more once you, yeah. once you taste it yeah. and you realize, you know, like, oh, you know, and then, and it's great because then when you get fusion things, so you have these Greeks come and then, you know, Greek yeah. Americans. Mm-hmm. And so you go to a diner and it's just like, you always see like a gyro on the menu. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if then it, let's say, um, I don't know if uh, you had more Thai people or Vietnamese opening up diners if we'd see like a banh mi you know like yeah. become a yeah. mu- which is a sandwich that's becoming more and more popular totally in American culture totally. so I would love to see what the next you know I mean obviously as far as Caucasian immigrants you mm-hmm. had 
the Irish, the Germans, the Italians yeah. were like some of the first, the Dutch yeah. coming over, obviously the English as well. Yeah. But, you know, like their food culture has been around for a while. Then the transition, I don't, I don't like, I would say obviously then Latino. So yeah. like from Mexicans to Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. And then now we're getting this wave of, you know, Middle East, yeah. India. Yeah. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm curious, you know, like, but like you said. I want to see Uzbekistan because they, (laughs) like, if you look at Uzbekistan, Uh, it's like you have Asian and some European, right? Because it's a whole blend, the former Soviet Union blending people together. But there used to be a restaurant in, um, near Kamunapal and the guy made Korean and Uzbekistan combination of food. And he was like the whitest guy ever. Yeah. But he like, he knew about the culture. Yeah. That's the kind of guy I want to see. That's cool. Because you'd have the kimchi, you'd have that fermented vegetables, then sure. you'd have like all that gamey meat they use. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, just what a great era of possible mm. fusion of, you know, I've yeah. talked about it before on this podcast, but there was an episode of David Chang's Ugly Delicious and, mm-hmm. you know, he goes and there's a lot of Vietnamese in Houston and now they're starting to work with a lot of the Cajun dishes, which, you know, yeah. were very, like, you don't touch a Cajun dish. Like, you don't touch crawfish. We do a crawfish boil, yeah. but now they're yeah. adding their spices and their yeah. flavors. And so that's just, yeah. That's... yeah. Vietnamese are, they, they have a very similar uh, area like, in the Delta, and they have very similar yes. food. Like, the they have crawdads, too. They're, uh, yeah, they're prawns. Yeah, they're, prawns. Yeah, but it's yeah. all, but they use the same, they have the same, like, there's uh, the lemongrass, they yeah. use the hot stuff. So, I can totally see it like coexisting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else about food? I mean, what, what about food just struck you to just become such a big part of your life? Like what, you know, like you said yeah. that, you, you know, your, your Nana took you to a diner, but mm-hmm. I mean, then you became, you were a chef for a while. Yeah. You've done the photography. You've got a, I mean, let's, and let's talk about your podcast yeah. and what exactly you do with that. Uh, my podcast, Bavuster, it's B-V-S-T-E-R.com. Yeah, how'd you come up with that? I know you've told me before, but for the um, Starbucks screwed up my name. I was the <laughs> only one in the Secaucus Starbucks, and they put Buster and called me Buster. And I'm like, there's no one here, so I guess it's me. Okay. So then I was, I had a website that I was, it was kind of like a business, yeah. and I wanted to pivot because uh, Facebook was killing it. So the, there was already a food group. Yeah. So I couldn't do uh, what I wanted to do. So I said, well, maybe I'd make Buster. And talk about food. Yeah. And Buster was taken. B-U-S-T-R. It was, uh, it's like the Uber van oh. service. Right. Kind of weird. <laughs> so I remember that um, V at one time was you. Yeah. You see on all the, I guess it's for Latin. Yeah. Right? Like even like the the old uh, post office in the city. That's yeah. true. Or Roman maybe. Yeah. yeah it's it, it's, La- it's Latin based. Yeah. So I wrote it. And I, got the, I got the URL. Bavuster.com. So I tell my wife, look. And my wife is a no-holds-bar. She'll tell me right up. She She's my best friend, and she gives me the biggest compass ever. That's awesome. So I said, oh, look, I'll call it Buster because V was you. And she says, look, you can't do that. Just call it Buster. Stop screwing around. <laughs> <laughs> so that she actually coined it, she, and then she spelled it out phonetically. Yeah. So that's why I had it. Um, for me, being a former chef and working – like I worked, worked at one of the first online grocery stores. Wow. There were only three in the nation in 99. Uh, Peapod, Streamline, and Shoplink.com. Okay. Um, Peapod's the only one to survive. Yeah. So we all failed. But I've always been in food technology, but I've always been like a big entrepreneur person, like hustle. You can be anything you want. Yeah. And I didn't want to go back to the kitchen, but I wanted to be able to tell food stories and show and show people the, the love I had and 
I like stories and you go to the farmer's market and you see all these young entrepreneurs, like these young kids. They're going to change the world with their granola. <laughs> I just wanted to tell that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. So I, I couldn't go out and be the granola maker anymore. I just, I don't have it in me, but I could tell the story I want to help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it says on your, you know, for your podcast, it's a food, beverage, entrepreneurship podcast. Yeah. So it's just like, that's, you know, I've listened to a few episodes and I, I love it because yeah. it's, you know, you you just in the your episodes. I mean, there's, is there like a set? We don't have a set time here. They definitely yeah. went over like an hour, but I mean, you know. I try to keep it at four, 35 to 45 minutes. Yeah. But the podcast lasts about an hour, hour and 10 minutes yeah. at the capture part. But yeah, no, it's just great that you talk with these people that have, you know, like mm-hmm. their own. We've, again, we've, uh, the ladies of Midnight Market. God, I love those girls. Lisi and Perla. Yeah. They're, they're the best. And yeah. so it's just great. It's again, like it's like a diner. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of like local people together yeah. and just sharing and sharing their stories. Yeah. Which is... I've changed my tagline for Bavuster and for what I do personally, but I call it telling stories through food or I'm telling stories through food. Yeah. So because the whole clunky thing that you just said, like entrepreneurship, beverage and food, it's just so, but it rolls better. Yeah. So, and yeah. I stole that from Griot actually. <laughs> they know it Yeah. Too. Let's uh, shout out to Griot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a great. Oh, God, I love those guys. Yeah, the sandwich that they have there. Yeah. I don't think they have, like, an official type. That's just the roasted pork. I mean, I know you can get chicken, too. Yeah. But it's, like, the roasted pork sandwich. But so good. It's so good. It's between yeah. two... Um, the Tostonis? Toast- yeah. And then they have, like, the fermented vegetable. I don't think they're fermented, but they're definitely uh, cabbage and some other things. Some yeah, don't, like a kind of like a coleslaw, but then avocado on yeah, it like and a, roasted pork. Definitely a slaw. Yeah. So they, uh, they gave me a shout out about you. They said, oh. do you know Kyle? And I was like, yeah. And like, I'm like, he's me. I was telling John, yeah. the owner, like, he's me 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, you're like my kid brother. So I'm like, he's okay. You can trust him. So yeah, no, they're, they're good guys over there. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, again, so we both live in the Heights in Jersey city yeah. and you've lived here for, I mean, I've only been here for a little over a year, Yeah. but, uh, you've been here for almost 10 years. What kind of food changes have you seen around here? Wow. Okay. So. When I came here, not one coffee place you could go to with a laptop. Zero. Yeah. Not even Dunkin' Donuts. I think Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts had, like, they have Wi-Fi now. So it has changed. I would tell my wife. I'd wind her a little bit because I was, at the time, I was kind of, like, hustling. and But I, I was going between here and Connecticut. I'm like, there's no place to go. And she goes, yeah. don't worry, it'll happen. And then the, the rents will go up. And, of course. <laughs> but Mod Cup came here, and I saw them in the farmer's market. And they... They were like these, I call them like chuckle nuts. I love the guys to death. I've, I've known them since the, the very first events. Yeah. How long have they been open? Uh, they have been open six years. Six years? Wow. Yeah, it has to be six years. Like uh, 20, I, I discovered them at the farmer's market in 2012. Yeah. They're, they're cool guys. They're, yeah. they're, I don't know exactly what, they're like funky, quirky, <laughs> you yeah. know, like. Well, Travis from uh, England. And Justin, uh, the barista, yeah. the roaster, he's from Dayton, Ohio, like my wife. Okay. So they grew up in the same town. So wow. he's kind of like our kid brother. We always yeah. tease him. So, we're, I mean, when we go to Ohio, he goes to Ohio. So we're both in the same town during the holidays. Yeah. But they're big community guys. They, uh, I always tease them a little bit. I said, you were cooler in the beginning. Because now they have an established business before they were a startup. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you walk in there, it looks like a chemistry set. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It's, they're pretty, yeah. yeah, it's pretty interesting. Neat, neat place to go to get a cup of coffee. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, even, I, I feel like at least 
a handful of places have moved. Uh, I mean, have opened up here since I've uh, you yeah. know moved here the last year. But yeah. it's it's a great it's a it's a cool time. It's a great time for food yeah. and for. You know, like I don't know what to call. You know, like there's we're we're right we're kind of like the redheaded stepchild of New York. Yeah. Not not you know, and not, I, I'm not I don't no, mean but that I, in I don't any mean, negative way. Yeah. For, for living here, for us living here, or for the city of Jersey City. Yeah. But there's definitely we're, we're, we live next to arguably the you know the biggest most important city in the world. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, definitely. And it's weird. It's just because we're in a different state. You know. At the same time, we're the same distance as if you lived in Manhattan. You're going to Brooklyn, any any of the other yeah Queens, or yeah any of the other the boroughs. But there will always be a little bit. There's been a handful of from Time Out, New York. Oh God, uh, you know, somebody feed Phil. There's references like, you know, the best pizza is in New Jersey. Like yeah. the best New York slices in New Jersey. And yeah. yeah, there's always. I'm like, you know what? Like, let's. I want to keep New Yorker. You stay over there. Yeah, yeah. Don't Start come. moving out more into Long Island. And yeah, yeah. Stuff out there. Yeah, don't worry about us. Don't. Yeah, but because we got some pretty cool, exciting things going on. Yeah. Right now. I have a chip on my shoulder about Brooklyn. <laughs> and I'll say this: I have a lot of friends that live out in Brooklyn. I've been out to Brooklyn. I have a client in Bushwick. Yeah. But I can't stand Brooklyn people. Because they, they think they're all that, and then they come here, then they like, oh, this is like Brooklyn 15 years ago, and yeah. like, stay over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? we'll, we'll, we'll do our own thing and see what happens yeah. here. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah. That's, I, I, they're not that creative anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my opinion, and not the uh, podcast. Well, you know, like, I, when, it, when it comes to the movie that we're going to be talking about today... I've already covered the movie Diner on here because otherwise yeah. that would have been kind of a v- no, very appropriate apropos. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Like we've met over coffee, mm-hmm. and they they never say like where they are in the movie. But I feel some of them feels like you know cafes, diners. So we're going to talk about Coffee and Cigarettes, the 2003 film by Jim Jarmusch. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's something I watched a long time ago, probably. Not too long after it came out, because mm. that's like when I really started getting into film and the more, you know, the filmmakers, filmmaker, the avant-garde stuff, the guys from like the Lower East Side, East Village, that whole thing. <laughs> you just described all filmmakers when they go through their indie phase. Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and yeah, two thousand three. I mean, I was yeah in high school, and so like. I, I can't remember the first film of Jim Jarmusch's that I saw. Maybe Broken Flowers, which is right around, kind of around the same, t- like, I mean, maybe a few years later, mm-hmm. 2006 at the latest, but I think 2005 with Bill Murray. But he's just, uh, Jim Jarmusch, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the most, I don't know, what to, uh, prestigious indie filmmakers out there. Okay. Just a real, you know, real New Yorker and big part of the Lower East uh, film film scene, mm-hmm. like the, that whole, uh, from the, like mid-late 70s on, and yeah. just really paved the way for guys like Quentin Tarantino, yeah. and like the Robert Rodriguez, totally. even Kevin Smith, like that, that mm-hmm. 90s, when like indie filmmaking became part of more of our language, you know, before then. Very common, it became from obscure to common. Yeah. And so, actually, there was a my previous podcast, PSL of Hoffman. We did a great episode where we had the director, 
Amos Poe on, and Amos Poe is one of those guys. Him and Jim Jarmusch went to NYU together in the 70s, and they just were friends with all the people that like played at CBGBs and mm-hmm. all those artists from back then. We even have some of those, like Iggy Pop is in this movie. Iggy Pop's in it, yeah. Uh, and his music is even used in this movie, and yeah. Amos Poe is just, so, please check out that episode on PS I Love Hoffman, guys. It's just a really cool episode where this filmmaker that, and the reason we talked with him is because he directed Philip Seymour Hoffman in his first movie. Oh, it, so, even yeah, I didn't know that. A triple bogey on a par five hole. Very, very <laughs> long name. Uh, you can find it, I think, on like watch the whole movie on like YouTube or Vimeo or something like that. Uh, but and Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it for just over a minute, like has one scene. But he was just really cool and shared so many stories of mm. his career and like Amos Poe's career and then talking about how he met Phil and everything like that. And so it was kind of cool watching this movie because it was just. Kind of, it was a connection to my past podcast and just this filmmaker, yeah. and uh, so th- this this movie it's eleven short stories or also you know vignettes, and it's kind of interesting because the first one was filmed all the way back in uh, I wrote it down nineteen eighty six. So the first one that's in the very first one, yeah, with Stephen the, uh, Wright and yeah. uh, Roberto uh, Benini. Yeah. And so that was filmed in 1986. Hmm. The second one, so it's the first three. Those are the three that were like for, uh, early huh. filmed. And so Twins, 1989. And then I've read both 1993 or 1995 for the Somewhere in California, the Iggy Pop and Tom Waits one. Yeah. But uh, first off, like, wh- what did you, well, what did you think about? Like, what do you think about this film or these these stories? Do you have a favorite? I like vignettes. Yeah. I think vignettes are or little stories. I think you they tell uh, a beginning, a middle, and end. But the very first one, like I thought they improved it. Like yeah. I was, I, I I was trying to pick it up because I hadn't watched the film in a while, and I had to watch it this morning again. Yeah. The very first one, I was trying to think, is this all improv? Because if it's improv, it's kind of genius. Yeah. Especially when they get up and they change seats and then change seats again. Supposedly, Jim Jarmusch only filmed two to three takes, and so a lot of the stuff was improvised by the actors. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought the wacky part at the end where he's like, I have to go to the dentist. You, you go for me? He goes, yeah, of course. And then he goes. <laughs> so yeah. like, that's not going to fix his dental problem, but I just thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of oddball humor in this. And there's just, I mean, it's got, like you said, there is like a beginning, middle, and the end, but it's all... Obscure in a way, but just from like the names, I'll just I'll just read off the the title cards for each of the things. Yeah, go ahead. So we've got "Strange to Meet You," "Twins," uh, "Somewhere in California," "Those Things Will Kill You," "Renee," uh, "No Problem," "Cousins?" Question mark? Or no, I'm sorry, no, that one's just cousins. And then uh, Jack shows Meg his Tesla coil. That's just funny. Does it? Uh, yeah. And then Cousins, question mark, uh, Delirium, and Champagne. Mm-hmm. And so each of those, while they're their own little stories, have some connective tissue. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know which, I mean, obviously it's cool seeing like fucking Iggy Pop and Tom Waits having a conversation. It actually won the short film Palm d'Or at uh, Cannes back in the, like, you know, the years. Oh, that one, that yeah. one little vignette one? Yeah. Nice. And okay. so, yeah, that one short film, the short film Palm d'Or. Okay. Uh, and I'm actually very excited. This is kind of cool that we're talking this episode's coming out around this time because about 
a little over a month from now, actually, on June 14th of 2019, uh, The Dead Don't Die, Jim Jarmusch's next film, is mm. coming out. And that's got like Adam Drimer, uh Bill Murray, Iggy Pop is in it. Wow. And it's a it's a zombie movie, and it's you know definitely like a zombie comedy. I'm not gonna say it's Shaun of the Dead because obviously Edgar Wright's got his own yeah comedy style. I but wonder if it'll be black and white. No, it's it's gonna be it's released in color. Yeah, yeah. Is it a full theatrical release or like indie house. Uh, I'm sure it'll be first indie, but then it'll get. I mean, it's got a pretty pretty good cast. Tilda Swinton's in it. Yeah. Chloe Sevigny. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, so I'm, I'm just really excited for it, and it's kind of cool that we're talking this That's when cool. he's got another movie coming out so soon. Uh, but, yeah, did you have a favorite? Like like I said, I loved the Somewhere in California, Iggy Pop, Tom Waits, the was... uh, cu- Cousins question mark with Alfred, Mil- Alfred Molina and Steve Coogan was really fun. My wife liked that one. Because yeah. uh, in the morning we get the ready, we have like a ritual Every spouse has a ritual. Yeah. We do coffee. So I was like, I got to do this. I'm going to be on a podcast. She goes, wait till you get to the one of the cousins. <laughs> so that's her favorite. Um, I do remember in the very first one where, um, oh, who's the? Um, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. He talks about drinking coffee, going to sleep, and everything's like this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a theme somewhere else where uh, Bill Murray, I guess they were talking about, he was doing yeah, Is or Riza. Yeah, with the Jizza, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, I, I drink it before, and, and I have dreams like this. So yeah. there's like a common thread in some yeah, of these. Definitely. So I thought that was a cool connective tissue, as you put it, like that word. Yeah, yeah there's even, I mean, Iggy Pop's music is, well, it's the, it's the Stooges is playing in the background of the Meg and Jack White scene. Oh. Yeah. And then there's just, yeah, there's some other, like, connective tissue. The, um... And from the Megan Jack White to the mm-hmm. last one of Champagne, there's the repeated line of, you know, Earth is a conductor of acoustical resonance. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, and there's just, like, fun, uh, you know, this isn't, I mean, a movie that there's, I mean, obviously there's a whole lot mm-hmm. to talk about, but let's just go, and I, I, I think one of the big things I want to talk about is it's Tom Waits saying that, you know, we're kind of the cigarette and coffee you know, era. Era the, generation, yeah, I think. Generation. Yeah. Because, and then I think, you know, Iggy Pop is like, yeah, you know, like, uh, what do you say? Abbott and Costello, right? They were the coffee and pie. Just like coffee and pie, coffee and pie. And I just love a lot of the characters in this, like, are always playing off one another, and one's definitely more cynical and one's mm-hmm. more enthusiastic. So your Alfred Molina is really excited, and he finds out that he's a distant cousin of Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan is just very Hmm. Steve Coogan. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, what do you think about, I mean, this whole, most of the, except for two of them, I think then the, the Rizza, the Jizza, they're drinking tea, and then... Yeah, and they're anti-coffee. They're anti-coffee. And smoking. Yeah, anti, yeah. Except for the herb. Yeah, so you do get, like, a pretty roundabout, you know, some people anti-cigarettes, some people anti-coffee, some people anti-both, or some people obviously... Loving one or the other or both equally, yeah. and even the the Tom Waits and Iggy Pop one, it's all about them saying, "Oh, I've I don't have an addiction, so I'm good at you know." We always hear that, like I can just have one. That's right. I'm definitely not like that. I mean, I've never I've never not not as far as cigarettes because I've never smoked a cigarette before, and even coffee isn't. Well, I guess I do love iced coffee. I am very I do love getting a nice iced coffee. Yeah. But I am that way. I would say when it comes to like sweets. Okay. I can't 
if if you have like I'm not gonna eat the whole package of Oreos, but if there's like a bunch of Oreos, like I'm it's not. It's okay. You, we're yeah. in a twelve step group minus all the steps. <laughs> but like definitely, you know, like and it's funny because then then that's what ends up happening is that then you know yeah. they have the one and then Iggy Pop leaves because and then know, he has another one yeah, without him there. Yeah, and Tom it's, Waits has another one. It's good. And uh, but what do you think of like the. Because it is, it is very diner, you know, the the coffee, the cigarette. Obviously not nowadays because yeah. we're not allowed to smoke inside anymore. No, definitely not. But I think what it kind of brought me back in time when you could smoke and have a cup of coffee. Sure. And you could have a conversation. There there are three things in the universe that are great equalizers. Um, being outside smoking a cigarette, you can smoke with anyone. It doesn't matter. Rich, poor, you could have a conversation. Yeah. A cup of coffee can do that too. Eating a meal at a counter. So there's some great equalizer in society and I think that's what I, I learned. Like you could talk about any subject over a cup of coffee and a cigarette. Yeah, no, that's the that's the, there was always something like in a way cool and like a little mystical about smoking cigarettes again. I I never smoked one. And like in, in college I would be standing outside, like, on a balcony where people would be smoking. Mm-hmm. But you always did get the, like, even if it was simple as there was a girl you wanted to talk to. There it is. And all you need, like, it was just very, you know, like I said, like, it was, I can have a conversation with anybody. Yep. But I'm not necessarily a conversation starter mm-hmm. versus someone like my roommate Tommy. Yeah. He just travels everywhere and ends up making so many new friends. And I can be that way. Like I'll end up, you know, I'll I'll go up to a group like when I when I've been traveling in the past and I'll stay at like a hostel. And there's that's why I like doing like a pub crawl. But like just as far as like people sitting somewhere, like I'm not necessarily going to be the first one to queue up like a oh I see you're drinking blah 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 you know yeah. Sort of, but there was always something about cigarettes that had that like let me just light that for you. Yeah. And then you're in. Yeah. You know, as far as any one conversation, but particularly with, you know, yeah. there's a woman you want to talk nope, to. No, that's true, right? So fire can actually start a conversation. Wow. Look at so, that. The yeah. metaphor right there. The, the symbolism. Yeah. And then coffee. Yeah. And like you said, coffee too. I mean, we, we met for the first time over a cup of coffee. coffee. And that's, and you, and you see that at places like Mod Cup or even, I mean, you walk into a place like Dunkin' Donuts and they have mm-hmm. their usuals yep. and even it's, you know, you go into a big chain place like that and they begin to know your name because you just come in and you like it a specific way. I loved in the Renee one yeah, where he comes up and he's like, oh, would you like any, you know, would you like more coffee and starts pouring it before and she's yeah. like, I had it at the perfect color and temperature. And it was black, I think. When he did that over the head. But, uh... You notice she was reading gun magazines? Gun magazines and motorcycle. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> there's gotta be some, like, hidden meaning in that. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely... Yeah, so there's, like, fun things in these, like, the, um... Where is it? It's the, uh... The, tw- the twins one. Mm-hmm. They are siblings of Spike Lee, the filmmaker. Oh, see that? That, I didn't realize that. And then there's even later on in the cousins question mark one with Alfred Molina and Steve Coogan. When Steve Coogan, when Alfred Molina, Steve Coogan is you know mean to Alfred Molina and really is interested. Says the whole oh you know I don't take anyone's number or anything like mm-hmm. that. And then Alfred Molina steps away for a second and is having a conversation. He's like hey Spike, and then he comes over and Steve Coogan's like oh is that Spike Lee? He's like no no no. no. It's like, oh, okay, uh, Spike Jones. Yeah. It was just funny that even then, just that little connective tissue yeah. of 
this film that, you know, he made so twins was in 1989. Then I guess the rest, besides those three, then the rest of them were filmed in like 2001, 2002 yeah. for this 2003 release. Yeah, because Jack White and Meg White weren't even together yeah. back then. Yeah, and it's just and and again even yeah with the with the music you have your Iggy Pop your Tom Waits and then your Megan Jack in it. In the um, Jack White Meg uh, White scene, did you see Lee Marvin's picture in the back? Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking, I'm like, who the hell is this? Part? It's Lee Marvin. Yeah. yeah. Which for a second I thought it was maybe a Thomas Edison. Picture, I can't because you know, they were talking about Nicholas Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> Nicholas, yeah that's, Nicholas, that Tesla, Tesla who is uh, that would be his. Uh, M, uh, the bane of a society, or exactly, yeah, and even in that in that one, um, the uh, oh, I didn't I feel bad. I didn't write down their names, but the uh, Spike Lee's brother that's in Twins, he's in that scene as the as like the wait, you know. So yeah, yeah, he pops cut, in cut to ten years later. He's in this other you know film, ah, and all these people are also big time collaborators yeah. of Jim Jarmusch, just yeah. from like Ghostface, and then. Uh, I wrote it down. The ones, the, um, oh God, the, n- no problem. So, mm-hmm. uh, the actor Isaiah Day, oh, I'm going to, Bancoli, mm-hmm. he's in a Jim Jarmusch movie that came out like the mid 2000s, late 2000s called The Limits of Control. So he just has this, these are, the, in these vignettes, he just has so many people that, you know, he's collaborated with and continues to collaborate with. And like I said, Iggy Pop and Bill Murray are in his next one. And you even see it like he ended up making a movie. Do you ever see the movie uh, he made Patterson? With, yes. Yes, with Adam Driver. Yeah, he's a bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. In the poet po- yeah, yeah. bus yeah. driver. That's yeah. right. That's a, that's a good New Jersey movie. That's totally a good Jersey movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so, the, like I said, yeah, Adam Driver is going to be in this next one. So it's just really cool to see that stuff. And. I don't know, it's just, uh, you know, I really like the Cousins one, too, with Kate Blanchett playing both her, you know, her real-life self. and I have to say that I, that one I didn't like them as much, because I didn't find it that believable, but... Okay. <laughs> because, I mean, she's herself playing, like, what was a cousin, cousin yeah. yeah. But I like the fact that they did interlace the cousin part. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's just a lot of fun stuff like that, and... It is interesting that he has a lot of these people. They're all—I mean—they're all playing themselves. That's true. You really don't understand that until the Iggy Pop one, because they—they say who they are. Yeah. And uh, when they kept calling Bill Murray, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill. I love. I, there's always those great names out there that you gotta say both the first and the yeah. last. Yeah, like, Bill motherfucking Murray. Bill. <laughs> And I love he's like, yeah, you're you're the you're the Rizza, you're the Jizza. And yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, also like genius and uh yeah. what does he say? The uh um what's his uh oh Bobby Digital and he's like, Man, this motherfucker does hip hop that's, that's good writing, but it's also good interaction. Yeah. And then just even like the fact that the Rizza and Jizza are actual cousins and in two titles of these short films are Cousins and cousins with a question mark. Yeah, that's so it's true. A very, I would love to. Jim Jarmusch is just somebody that he clearly has a plan in mind and a story. And uh, like, I, I was trying to read some articles and just understand these better. Like the, because there definitely has to be some deeper meanings be, behind them. And like, obviously, just continue something special to him that he felt over ten years later. Uh, you know, from the from the original one, yeah, 
to wanting to continue these, you know, coffee and cigarette stories. I'm curious to find out why he, like, he took him time. Was it, like, between projects? And why settle on 11? Like, such an odd (laughs) number, right? Not 10, not 12, but 11. Not even a baker's dozen, 13. Yeah. But at some point, maybe it was like, it's never going to get any better. This is it. Maybe. And I mean, if you, if you think about it back to that one that, you know, no, no problem, the characters, you know, like, I I like, I like that one too, because it's like two best friends. And that's all, that's the, again, we have in, we have friends, we have twins, we have cousins, we have best friends. There's just a level of the different levels of intimacy. It's kind of interesting that we never have like a husband and wife or anything like that, but Uh, Jack White, Meg White. They were married back then, too. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of like, okay, I'm a uh, Jack White fan and Meg White. I, they were, he went, they were saying they were brother and sisters. Yeah, they had For the longest. They had like a weird, right. He took her last name, which is, it is what it is. But it's just, but I think if you look at it, that's like the uh, going against, breaking the rules. Yeah. But they're also claiming to be brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's all, just that just kind of seems like right up Jim Jarmusch's alley. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but with the with that no problem when the, the character's rolling the die and he keeps rolling doubles. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like again, eleven. You know, it's du- you have yeah, doubles there. It's just all very. That's true. Eleven is two ones yeah. technically on the dice, huh? So it's all that's cool. All weird things. Did yeah. you notice the cigarettes when they do the over the table shot? I was yeah. like, okay, what's like? Because a lot of times I like a visual cue. Camel three or four times okay. the brand. Um, Meg White smoked something called Detroit, and it's got oh. the Pontiac logo, the Pontiac Indian yeah. head, like from the old Pontiac days. Somebody rolls her cigarette. One, uh, yeah. Um, so, and then of course there's Marlboro. But I was, I was like, okay, how many different cigarettes? The brands. And there was one I didn't recognize. Yeah, there was also French cigarettes. Yeah. In, in the Steve Coogan one, I think, right? Yeah. And yeah, and then you have, like we said, the characters that are either both don't smoke or one is against them. It is funny here, like the Riz and the Jizza being like, you know, like anti, you know. Anti-tobacco. Um, yeah, anti-tobacco, even anti-caffeine yeah. and all that. And just like, and giving Bill Murray the, you know, gargle the, uh, oh God. Oven cleaner. Yeah, oven cleaner. But first half water, half hydrogen peroxide, right? And water, yeah. Don't yeah. swallow it. Just yeah, don't gargle swallow it. it. And he, don't swallow it. <laughs> but the end of that clip is like, he'd hear him gargling. Yeah, in the and he's like, what is he? I wonder if it's oven cleaner. Or that. No, let's leave now. Before yeah, let's, yeah, let's just head out of here. Um... <laughs> You know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not uh, the whole scenes because I think each of these are like around like ten minutes long. But I'm gonna play a little, little clip. And what, did did you say that you had a favorite? I mean, the oh yeah, actually the one I like the most. I think I appreciate it more now. Is those things will kill you. Yeah. That and I think because when I first saw it, I didn't understand like the old guy mentality. Yeah. And now that I, I live in New Jersey, and if you go like North Bergen. Sure. You have these old, like, North Bergen, they're, they're either Cuban guys but or or Italian. Yeah. It kind of reminded me if the Sopranos had the cousins that... 100%. If they had the cousins yeah. that no one liked, but they showed up 10 minutes late to everything after they left the place <laughs> that serves the pig that, you know, they were on the street. Those were the cousins. Yeah. And that's what I thought. I yeah, thought they, that was cool. Yeah, the actors, uh, Joseph Regano and Vinny Vela, and then there was Vinny Vela Jr. And I just, I, yeah, it's just a... Well, it, it it reminded me of like a scene that you would see in Sopranos, which this is right at like the peak of 
Sopra- like Sopranos, yeah, totally. You know, time too, so yeah, because what Sopranos ran from like ninety nine to two thousand six or something. Like yeah, oh six, oh seven. I think oh six. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so let's let's play like a little, little from that scene. Hmm. You're a fucking moron. You know that? Now what? I can't believe that you're still smoking those fucking things, Vinny. They'll fuck you up. They'll kill you. Believe me. What were you put on this fucking earth to annoy me? But you said you were going to quit. Instead, you spend a fortune so those big tobacco companies can get fucking rich. And then you get cancer. And then the fucking doctors and the hospitals, they can get rich. And the undertakers, too. All because you want to smoke like a fucking moron. Well, I can't help it. I'm fucking addicted, okay? So, coffee and cigarettes? That's your lunch? That ain't healthy, is it? You're drinking coffee, so don't break my fucking bolts. Vinny, I had lunch already. So I'm on a diet, okay? Jesus. Yeah, that is such a that has yeah. such a New Jersey vibe to no, it, New York. It, it yeah, does, like, but I like the fact when they ask the kid and the kid does all mine. He doesn't yeah. talk. Yeah, he is, yeah. And then he's like, "You want to eat the peas?" Uh, he says, they're, "They're Chinese." He goes, and then he does it. Okay, of course, this is racy. You have to watch. Yes. He slants his eye different because he doesn't yeah. speak. And, oh, Japanese. Oh, Japanese. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely a couple of politically incorrect uh, things happening in that in, the, yeah. in that scene, but this. It, I mean, th- these were just all very, f- like, creative and, like, they, they were individual, but mm. at the same time had that connective tissue to it. Yeah. And so I, I, there really wasn't any, um, really any, like, I, I like writing down trivia that I find on yeah. it, but there really wasn't any trivia for it. Um, so coffee and cigarettes, I don't know. Just, just I would say check it out. There's definitely... It's an indie classic, and yes. you'll get something out of it. Even if you find something that's dull, but now when you talk to someone about it, someone else has a different take, and you're like, I, now I see it differently. Yes. I think, well, that's a good point. And I think that there's definitely at least one out of the 11 stories for somebody. Yeah. So you might not like 10 of them, but you'll definitely like one of you them. You definitely get you. one. I think I like all of them, but there are definitely ones that resonate more with me or just entertain me more. Yeah. So, yeah, coffee and cigarettes. Uh, check it out. It's a must. All right, well, we have our famous food scene segment, so I'm going to have you pick uh, pick one out. Let's see which one you end up picking out. The old 96 or the great outdoors. John Candy. That's That's a a classic comedy. John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. uh, Just a fun, you know, family going on vacation. Talk about, you know, it's kind of appropriate for this because they're just too different characters and they clash with one another which happened a lot in coffee and cigarettes so let's uh, check out that scene and then we'll talk about it i'll have the uh, royal canadian uh, mounted beef barley soup Ooh, yeah. yeah and then that uh bucket of salad Good. Well, i'll split that with you you will yeah all right do that that would help and then the uh i guess the medley of perch that's my favorite <laughs> okay miss uh what's the old 96er Oh, that's our world-famous Paul Bunyan's Blue Ox Steak. It is a 96-ounce prime-aged beef steak. And if you or any member of your party orders the old 96er and finishes, everybody eats for free. Ah. Not bad, huh? Want to go for it, girls? (laughs) How about you, Chet? People seem to like that. I'll try it. Okay, great. Uh, Seriously, though, has anybody ever eaten one? Oh, oh, no. No, not in my lifetime, no. 
Bon appetit. Oh, good God. I think that just about does it. He's not done yet. Well, he may take a little while with that last bite, but it'll go down. That ain't the last bite. Well, sure it is. There's nothing on that plate but gristle and fat. Oh, God, no. No problem. Listen, if I can get a dessert down him, I think you could throw in a couple of Paul Bunyan hats for the kids. Boy, that's... <laughs> hey, though, the uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd's character, yeah. though, going back to our uh, first Coffee and Cigars, he smokes those annoying cigars through the whole... <laughs> so I remember his, his, like a tree log. He's yeah. smoking it, and they're like, oh, come on, can you go smoke that outside? Yeah. So it's the kind of, cabin yeah. they share. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this is... Uh, we t- we took so- I mean it was always we took family vacations me like my 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 parents my sister and I yeah. there were a few that like we did a beach house and then some family members would come and you know stay a couple of nights because there was an extra room there yeah. or whatever and then I would sleep on the couch or what have you mm-hmm. but uh, nothing to this extent that like that I've had an experience like this but definitely in my adulthood seeing something on the menu yeah and being like. Oh sure, you know, and like and having something to prove, and John Candy is just absolutely hysterical in this in this scene with the with that big he, big. How, I know. how many ounces? Oh my god, ninety six ounces. Yeah. I think 90. they said like you have to eat all the grizzle too. Yeah. So you know. yeah, he's just about done. Yeah. And, uh, that's just uh, John Candy and Dan oh Aykroyd. I mean, yeah. But at the end, Dan Aykroyd, I think Dan Aykroyd sums it up best. He's, uh, John Kennedy just eating everything. And then he's like, after he's done it, great. And we'll have some of those T-shirts. And then he's like, he's putting extra things on them because they pay for the bill. Yeah. And T-shirts and this and that. And that's going out here. So he, he was like the hustler, like the faux hustler. Yeah. But I just love that his, he caps it off. And George John Kennedy's like, oh, I can't, I can't function. Is there any meal, like, I mean, that you've mm. just been just absolutely feeling like obliterated after? Oh, you know, prime rib. I love prime rib. Yeah, oh, I could eat it all the time. But after eating prime, I've cut way back on my my red meat consumption. Sure. If I ate it today, I'd be like, oh my god, I gotta only eat half. But <laughs> yeah. uh, or like a massive burger. Yeah. Yeah. There's a diner, in it's in the middle part of um, New Jersey, and they have a, it's a huge burger. It's like a whole table. Yeah. So and they have a challenge. You have to eat it all in one sitting. You have to sign a, a like you you hold harmless the diner because <laughs> they uh they don't want to be sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy there. There is a lot and you know you see on social media just more and more food challenges mm-hmm. or just food like you know like people like you know this on top of that and you're gonna i mean you just see it more and more i mean one of the cliches is like the macaroni and cheeseburger mm-hmm. it's like you don't need no. macaroni and cheese on top, especially if it's a good burger mm-hmm. you don't need it on or in it sometimes it's even like in inside the meat you yeah know? that's just uh i mean when we went to the vip diner it's just like a good burger should just be yeah you know, I, 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 I like putting some condiments on every once in a while yeah but in the end of the day, all you you know for a cheeseburger, it's a good bun, yep. good meat, good cheese. Yeah, good balance of the condiments and the yeah. lettuce tomato ratio. There's a place we went to in Montclair called uh, Brickling Curry. Yeah. On their menu, they have because they specialize in curry. It's Indi- British India. Sure. Uh, they have a thing that says you want to try the hottest curry ever. You have to give them a like a verbal okay. I won't hold you <laughs> if I yeah. get sick. 
It's on yeah. the menu. Yeah. It's crazy. Their food is really good. I, I wouldn't do the challenge. I don't think I'd like curry no, that much. Like, none of that stuff, whenever I eat, like, you know, like, I mean, obviously a big part of bar culture, mm-hmm. is, you know, is like getting, you know, like you go and like you want to get some good buffalo wings, you know, good good hot wings. Yeah. You know, I had a friend that like, you know, where, where he went to school, you know, they had atomic wings. I'm like... I don't want that. I no. don't need to eat anything to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. And, like, I, one of my favorite things ever is just saying no to people when they're trying to peer pressure me into something. Yeah. I'm just like, like that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. give in to peer pressure. And yeah. I, don't, I never, and especially when it came to food, because, like, I like enjoying it. And then also, if I'm spending my money, I don't want to waste it on something. Mm-mm. I mean, you see on the, you know, first we fe- feast, right? Yeah. With, uh, What's that guy's name? Sean Evans, I think. Yeah. Who hosts the the wing show. Mm-hmm. And you see all these celebrities going on there, and you've got someone as, you know, like physically small as like Scarlett Johansson, then you have Shaq, and you just see these people, you know, I get it, like that that realm, it's promotion and yeah. like that whole stuff, but it's just like that doesn't interest me whatsoever. How does a show like that build traction then get all big stars? Because it's really probably started as a goof. Yeah, also, I mean, it's, yeah, it's exactly, it's just like, I mean, now they have the, the burger show on there too, just going yeah. around and trying all, but like, yeah, sh- a show like that with, yeah, is, I feel bad for getting the name because I've seen the episodes before, but like, I think it's called Hot Wings or Hot Ones. Or Hot Ones Hot is Ones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, it's just something that I guess just caught steam at the right time and it just, yeah. it's a fun way for, you know, people love seeing celebrities having an experience that your everyday person can have too. True. I, I, I guess I, it's kind of like experiencing like uh, they're eating food that I can eat the same yeah. way and they react the same way. Yeah. yeah. So, but <laughs> not, I, I think nothing will, I, I, in one way or another, we've all been where John Candy was in that scene and just that, you know, maybe obviously not consuming that quantity, no. <laughs> but, uh, because I don't even know how big that steer must have been to kind get a huge. that cut of meat from it. Right. But that uncomfortability, but then also, you know, but wanting something to prove because, you know, he looks at Dan Aykroyd, and Dan Aykroyd is supposed to be all, you know... The stockbroker yeah, exactly, has everything. Having the perfect life. Yep. Yep. And then just, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, and then wanting to, you know, show to his kids that, you know, and his wife that he's, that, you know, that, you know, John Candy is can take on this mantle and is the man of the house, but yeah. that's just, uh, there's plenty of other ways to do that besides eating, eating a huge um, chunk of meat. <laughs> huge chunk of meat. <laughs> I remember one time I, I wanted twin lobsters. We went to a place yeah. and I was like, twin lobsters. Well, great. I want it. I kept, I talked about it all day. And when I finally got there, I was like, Oh God, twin. Lo-. I mean, there was like not a whole lot in the lobster, but after you've eaten everything yeah. else, you're like, Oh God, I've got to tank, take these two lobsters down. But I was sick as a dog after yeah yeah exactly and then that makes that meal so much less special oh yeah you know that's it's important i'm learning more and more i mean you know just obviously it's just comes with age and just different experiences but you don't go into a place hungry like especially if it's a place you really want to like enjoy your meal you know make sure like you know your eyes aren't bigger than your stomach yeah it's okay to take food home yeah it's okay it's okay to take food home yeah yeah, there's just a lot of lessons that, you know, to take away from, from yeah. a scene like this. Definitely. And don't use liquid encouragement like bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love bourbon, but I've actually cut down. Last segment, 
gut instincts. Mm. Uh, uh, it's our little, you know, speed round where I'm just gonna, you know, not, not no time limit, but just okay. whatever whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. Favorite fast food. Oh, um, Shake Shack. Shake Shack. There we go. With our boy Pat Lafrida. Pat Lafrida. Go to alcoholic beverage. Bourbon. Bourbon. And craft beer, but bourbon first. What kind of craft beer do you like? Um, I actually I like old school German Dunkelweiss is my favorite. Nice. I could bathe in it. Um, <laughs> I'm not an IPA fan, but I like Pilsner. I yeah. do appreciate uh, a saison. Yeah. So I nice. mean, I do have uh, I I do have a Achilles heel when it comes to some <laughs> of that. I just went to a new brewery the other day, uh, Ghost Hawk in. First Passaic uh, County's first brewery. So. Yeah. I saw it on your IG story, a little yeah. jelly. <laughs> a lot of yeah, jelly, was, actually. Yeah, no, it was a really cool. I need to, yeah. I still need to, I'm going to release like a little video on it. And it's cool because it's right across from Rut's Hut, which has their famous Ripper. Yeah, that's and so right. you just you walk right across the street. And so that's what that's what we did. Got a couple of beers yeah. and then went across the street, got a got a few rippers oh, and God, those uh, are... so I, I i i filmed a little bit of it, it was cool like the mayor yeah. showed up of you know that's the, cool that's cool cutting. so it was just another yeah. nice local thing going on there's but... a another good brewery to uh brick city oh yeah brick city yeah yeah that's have it. you had um, it yeah because that's all brick city elementary they're all yeah. like in the same it's community. like little fairy so, yeah little fairy yeah. yeah so i went there uh when i was with kate uh, she was my first podcasting partner. Okay. So uh, we went out to uh, an event hosted by the Midnight Market Girls. Cool. Um, it was a Garden State Mall. And then we came back and we were like, let's hit Brick City. I keep hearing about yeah, this yeah. this amazing place from another uh, small brewery, the Jersey Girl Brewing. Yeah. Uh, they uh, Aaron Charles was telling you, you got to go out there and try it. So we try it. The beer out there is so good. They had yeah. like a mosaic. I'm not an IPA guy, but a mosaic IPA. I was like, oh my God. They had uh, had heat. It had all this cool like complexity. Yeah. I got so smashed. <laughs> <laughs> I did my first ever, we, we, we tried podcasting with the with my DSLR. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so we have my first setup. Uh, it's the old H4N Zoom and the two mics. I set it up. Then I put the camera at the end. Sure. So, yeah. uh you could tell we were so smashed. <laughs> I had to sober up because I was driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it was fun. I enjoyed Kate back then. Yeah, the, the, no, the, those, I mean, Brick City. All, mm. there's a, we're starting to, in North Jersey, get a pretty good uh, craft brewery scene. I mean, we got NJ Beer Co. nearby. Oh, God. We've got uh, Departed Souls right in Jersey City. Yeah. So I'm going to actually do some work for uh, uh, 902 NJ. It's the same company now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to do some pictures for them cool. and shoot their ribbon cutting. Awesome. So... They're, they're a unique story. It's kind of hard to separate the two now that they've been married. Yeah. Well, that's UPS guy's here. Hang on. Someone dropping off a package, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, next question. Favorite childhood snack? Oh, uh, Hostess Cupcake. The chocolate one with the white swirl. Yeah. Those are great. Is, uh, hands down. Yeah. And then when we lived down south, they had Susie Q. Susie, was, yeah, yeah, or little Debbie was she was the southern <laughs> version. So. Sweet or savory? I like savory, but I should like uh, sweet. Favorite food city? New Haven, Connecticut. Hey, wow! That's it amazing. has New Haven, Connecticut. Picture this: might be the birthplace of modern day hamburger. 
Really? Yeah. There's a place called Lou's Lunch. It is started in the 1800s. Wow. They steam their cheeseburger. You can't put ketchup on anything. They use bread. You get, I don't think there's even cheese. It's steamed meat, white bread, tomato, and uh, onion slice. Oh. That's it. Huh. It, and it's the oldest continuous by the same family burger place. Wow. So, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And then I got married in New Haven. So uh, Zinc, great shout out to a great restaurant. And Claire's Cornucopia, best vegetarian vegan place ever. Cool. Boy. Ever. Going to have to go up to New Haven. Yeah. New Haven's got a great food scene. Awesome. And they have uh, they have craft beer before craft, when craft beer was kind of just percolating. Yeah. And now New it's Haven, everywhere. New Haven's not far from here at all. No. No, no. Then Sally Peppy's Pizza might yeah. be the original. They got the and clam pie up there. Right? Clam pie, yeah. yeah. And there's a couple places. Like West Haven has a good place. Um, Peppies. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. New Haven. Favorite cuisine? Um, breakfast. Eggs, actually. I like b- breakfast. Anything. Yeah? yeah. Eggs. Period. Okay. Yeah. Omelet. I like it. Guilty pleasure food. Oh, God. Chocolate? <laughs> uh, I Real have chocolate, to, dark chocolate. I love dark chocolate. Yeah. I love the darker the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but though I kind of slum it, I'll have like a Hershey's bar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes I mean it's funny. Like I I have been out to Hershey, Pennsylvania before, yeah. and just like it tastes a little different out there. Like it's like you know a good yeah. fresh Hershey bar. It's yeah. still it's still pretty good. Yeah. Favorite condiment? Oh, ketchup. And it's kind of very blue collar. I like mayonnaise. Yeah. I like to mix the two together. Sure, yeah. But if I had my druthers, just ketchup. Ketchup. Yeah. Heinz. Like, are you, Heinz. Are you strict when it like you know. The old days, yeah, Heinz. But now you have Heinz, and then wherever you go now, the cheaper the the food costs go up. They keep giving you what's it just it says ketchup with a C. Ketchup, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the last thing you ate? Oh, um, today I was at the VIP diner and I had uh, blueberry pancakes. Nice. Yeah. What would be your last meal? Ooh, last meal. And I've kind of talked about this. Honestly, it'd have to be steak and lobster. A little surf and turf. Yeah, nice. surf and turf. Because... Um, Health conscious wise, if if I wasn't gonna die, I wouldn't do steak and lobster. Yeah. But if I'm gonna go to the chair, I'm going to the chair with steak and lobster. <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer to dine in or dine out? I love eating out. Yeah, yeah. I save more money by eating in, though. That's true. Do you, do you like to cook? Yeah, uh, being a I former mean, chef. Yeah. Well, I, some pe- sometimes I mean, just when food is such a big part of your life, you're like, nah, I don't want to cook. You know, like. Yeah. Old me, no. <laughs> sure. New me, uh, we eat in uh, a lot because I can cook food, but I don't like cooking for people. I uh, did it for when you feed five thousand people a day, it's not that enjoyable. Yeah. But I like feeding my wife. I like trying new things on her, and yeah. then um, then she's like, "Oh, that's great. You use spice in a new way, or whatever." I'm always learning. I don't care. You, you're always a student. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What would be your spirit food? What what food do you think best embodies you, you your personality? Wow. Yeah. We go deep here. Wow, well, spirit food. My spirit animal food. Yeah. Um, the drunk version of William would be PB and J and then it'd be sick. 
<laughs> but the solar, William, the uh, honestly, I have to say, toast. Just toast. Just yeah. toast. Toast with real butter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you need that real fat, that high uh, calorie yeah. flavor. Oh. I can eat toast all day. I like it. Just a nice piece of properly toasted toast with just seeing like the butter, the cut of butter just yeah. melting away on it. Right. Then the drunk version adds the peanut butter and jelly. jelly. Gotcha. That's where it comes from. What kind of jelly? Grape jelly? Strawberry jelly? Uh, old school grape jelly, but we get cherry jelly. Ooh. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a different flavor. You're going to the movies. Mm. Are you getting any snacks? What kind of snack are you getting? Uh, popcorn, and I, if I could tell them not to put that fake salt on it, yeah, I would rather have plain popcorn than a squirt of butter. Sure. That I also like uh, raisinets. Oh, the only I time love I raisinets. the only time I'll indulge in raisinets is at the movies or uh, Reese's peanut butter. The the little the Reese's, little cup, yeah, cups, the cups or the yeah. little pieces. Pieces. Yeah. The ET. Pieces. I was gonna say that's <laughs> ET. That's ET's job. But you got it. And last question. What's the greatest lesson you've learned in food? Uh, for me, the greatest lesson is um, you can always learn something new. You can always use a different spice. So if you think food is just closed off, you can always open yourself up to a different way, a different yeah. approach. And uh, I've learned that recently with a lot of like Indian spice. I like I like curry, sure. but I've learned to use curry in a different way. Okay, and cool. it's made it fun and enjoyable again. I like it. Yeah, yeah, there's always another way to enjoy something. I guess right. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know there's always and or if you like something that's I mean that's how I was never really into wine and mm-hmm. then I started going to a place you know like oh, I, I would go to a vineyard yeah. and I would say listen I really don't drink wine. This is the things I don't like about wine. Yeah. They're like, well, then try this. Like, you find someone that, you know, can guide you the right, you know, yeah. the right direction. I was like that with bourbon. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, when I was working at the coach house in North Bergen, they had a bar, and not many people knew about the bar. And I, they let me hire a bartender. So I hired uh, Joe, the bartender from Boston. He's actually <laughs> from Maine, but he's a, a surly New Englander who yeah. loved bourbon. And, he, and I said, could we do a liquor tasting? And he said, yeah, why not? So we asked different uh, vendors to come. Cool. And I learned more about, like, I understood Jack Daniels. Yeah. All right? But when you get into real bourbon, then you're like, well, Jack Daniels, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I I learned that about bourbon. And that's why I became, like, not a bourbon fiend, but a a aficionado. I love it. Yeah. I like it. Will, thank you so much for coming on right now. Please... Tell the listeners where they can find you, what you're up to, and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me at uh, all my social media. It's kind of the same. Uh, my IG and uh, is William F. Spencer. My website is WilliamFSpencer.com. There you go. Um, the, you can find the diner information on that. I'm going to get another URL. I'm working on that. Uh, cool. Bavuster is BVSTER.com. The IG for that is I M B V S T E R because someone already had the Bavuster. Wow. And um, that's where you can find me or, you know, send me a text. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, Again, thank you so much. Thank we you. We have a little catchphrase to end every episode with. It's There's more to cut. So if you could just remind the foodie fans that there's more to cut. Yeah, more to cut. There's more to cut in every episode. Keep listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank and you. Check out Bavuster. I I love listening to your episodes and just thank uh, you. 
hearing what the you know the you talking with these yeah. uh, local you know staples. I have to get you on so we can do. We need to do a yeah. Yeah, let's a do a cross. I, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Oh boy, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about. I'm this. thinking we should do a beer thing. Beer thing would be good. Yeah, and then we'll do a, a diner thing after. Cool. And then we'll do like an aspirin, like a Rite Aid <laughs> <laughs> Or just get, yeah, or just mod cup and we'll get all yeah. ho- <laughs> caffeinated up. Caffeinated up. Oh my God. That's <laughs> cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Right, yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing to